You know, last week I started sharing with you uh, a message, and I'm going to continue along that same line today. So, And it's really about hearing God speak. And last week I shared a lot more uh, with you about just if you don't realize that God wants to talk to you. Like some people just don't believe that. They're like, well, somebody else will do that. You know, for years uh, I let other people hear from God for me. And that was okay for a season, but... You know, there, there is, we're supposed to grow and not live just on somebody else's faith. That's fine. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned my mom earlier. And for years, if my mom said it, that meant the Lord said it. Like, there was no option, you know. And, 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 and so, anytime that I needed to hear from God, I would just go talk to my mom. You know, she was like the oracle of my life. And so, you know, but there came a point where I'd moved away. And even, uh, even really even before that, that I just realized that, man, I can't just live with her hearing from God for me. Is that if she can hear from God, the Bible says that he doesn't do something for one that he won't do for all. So if he'll speak to her, he'll talk to me. And, uh, you know, and so over time, and I believe that it's so crucial um, to us, it's so uh, really with the Lord and even our experience in this life. Because, uh, you know, why is it so important to hear from God? Because number one, he'll protect you. Sometimes from other things, but sometimes he'll protect you from you. I, that's, that's me right there. Many times I need the Lord to... To protect me from me. And because uh, I can be pretty, you know, headstrong. And, you know, like, this is what, this is where we're going. And, and sometimes the Lord says, hey, you know, I've got another way that's better. And, I, and I've had to learn how to, to yield to that. And, uh, you know, and it's not always easy. It's still not easy for me. But yet I've learned that God never is wrong. And so when he stirs something in my heart that I need to say, he must know something I don't know. Or he must see something that I don't see. And he doesn't talk to me because I am a pastor. He talks to me because I'm a son. That's the basis that God talks to me on. It's not about a position or a title. The only position and title that matters is, are you a son and a daughter of the Most High? That's the only one that matters. You know, and I believe that if we're going to live successfully this life that God has for each of us to live... It is vitally, vitally, vitally important for us to hear God's voice. You know, last week I shared with you uh, is that, you know, really two things is number two hindrances, if you will, many times, or two assumptions that people make, which is number one, that God doesn't talk to people anymore. That's over with, that's done. He doesn't, we just, you know, and so, and out of that, many times you say, well, he only speaks through the, through the scripture. And yes, he does speak through Scripture, but he still speaks to us directly. Why? Because many times the Scripture is more general in nature. And so it will point us in the right directions. But specifically, you know, should you take this job? If you were in college, should you get this degree or that degree? It kind of matters. Why? Because that's going to direct the course of your life. Like, you know, I mean, so it matters. You know, should I marry this person? Yes or no? Like, that, that really matters, you know? And, and should I, you know, should I go into business with this person? I can't tell you how many people I've known that have gone into business with people and then a few months later go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done this. I knew in my heart the Lord tried to tell me, you know, or, you know, and so there's specific things. You know, should I, you know, buy this house or that car or whatever? The Lord will give you instructions. And that's specific to you, and that's why it's important for you to learn to discern and recognize the voice of God for you personally, because he will give you specific instructions for your life. You know, and not that he won't use other people, 
He will, and I'm not against that, and I, I have people that speak into my life. But just because they speak into my life doesn't mean it's the Lord either. Even if they're very godly, very spiritual people. Just, and I'll use this as an example. If I'm your pastor, just because I'm your pastor and I said, I believe the Lord said, you need to go to the Lord and ask, Amen. did you say? Amen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, why? Because I'm still human. And I try to be very cautious of this, to not throw the Lord said on stuff. Amen. Why? Because, and, and because I love people, because I'm invested in their life, I want the best for them. You know, the Bible says that you can prophesy out of your human spirit. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Because of my love and my affection for you, I'm going to say something that sounds really good, that sounds like God. And it's not that my heart is wrong. It's just not what God's saying. It's because of that affection it comes out of me. But I can't just throw the label of God on it and say, well, that's him. And so that's why it's important, you know, even to the degree of I could be preaching something that's totally irrelevant to your life right now, to what you're facing. You may have a huge decision tomorrow, which happens to be today that I am sharing with you about hearing the voice of God. Okay, fine. But it may be on a different week where I could be talking about something totally different. And that, but what you need in that moment... The Lord will begin to talk to you about that. Or maybe I share a verse or a scripture and all of a sudden the Lord starts dealing with you. You didn't hear nothing else I said. Why? Because the Lord began to talk to you. And I think, and that's important. Now that's not to say, well, you don't have to, you don't need to be in church. Well, you need to be in church. You do. Why? Because there's a connection in a body of believers. And this, there's an atmosphere here that doesn't get created at my house as much as I would love it to be. I mean, you know, I study and I prep and I pray at my house, but it's different when we come together. Amen. It's amazing to me. I can spend hours at home preparing a message and I come up here during worship and the Lord will start talking to me. Amen. And I'm like, why didn't I get this at home? <laughs> this happens even for me. And so many times you'll see me grab my iPad. You know, you're like, what's he doing on that thing? Like, I thought he already had his message. Well, I did. And either the Lord changed something or added something or rearranged something. And that happens right here all the time. But what if I just said, nope, that's my message. I'm going to preach what I got. (laughs) And it would be easier to do that, quite honestly. But what happens when the Lord begins to stir something? Well, that may be the very thing that you need to hear. And the Lord's like, hey, because of something that happened that you don't even know about, I need you to say this because that's what they need to hear today. What if I just said, nope, I'm going stick to my, stick to what I got. It's good. Well, then I've now kept you from hearing what you needed to hear from the Lord. So it matters. And so we were sharing about this last week. And we really, uh, the context of it comes out of John chapter 10. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you before we get into, um, this is a bit of recap from last week, but uh, this is Jesus speaking in verse 1. He says, I'll tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Now, I'm not going to read all of this in context, but he's referring to people who came before him claiming to be the Messiah. He says, uh, verse 2, but the one who enters through the gate uh, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. Now the gatekeeper here is God, opening the gate for Christ to come into. He says, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. The sheep recognize his voice, they come to him. It says, he calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. 
So there's several things here. Number one is that God knows your name. Jesus knows your name. Not generically, like specifically. He says he knows your name and he leads us out. Verse 4 says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of him or ahead of them, and they follow him and they know his voice. Amen. Now, this is you, you can reverse this and say, Well, how do you follow him? You got to know his voice. Exactly. You can't follow him if you don't know him. You can't follow him if you don't recognize his voice. And so it, it's it's very important that we learn to hear from God for ourselves. And verse 5 says they won't follow a stranger. It says they will run from him because they don't know his voice. So many times I think we're so concerned uh, about not hearing God or, or even hearing God that we'll give place to the devil and just let him talk. We'll let him whisper lies to us and insecurities to us and, and fear and doubt and all these other things into our life and we just let him run wild. And what's happening? We're following the voice of a stranger that the Bible here says that we should be running from. He says, you need to hear my voice. Why? Because when you hear my voice, it'll get you to run from the enemy. When the enemy begins to lie to you, you'll hear the Lord say, don't believe that. That's not who you really are. That's not going to be how this is going to turn out. And it's important for us to learn how to listen for the voice of God. In verse 9, he says, yes, I am the gate. He says, those who come in through me will be saved. He says, uh, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Now, I shared with you last week, and I'm not going to take much time on this, but we don't understand this because we have cows. We live, for the most part, we have a lot of plains in our country. So, not airplanes, but plains as in fields where we just go throw a bunch of cows or whatever out in the field, and they just eat and eat and eat, and they never leave that pasture. That's not the way this was. The nation of Israel, and even in the context of what Jesus was saying, the sheep moved every day to a new place because it was very rocky and grass was not abundant. So you'd get little sprigs of grass. So they'd feed one day, and then they moved to another place, and moved to another place, and they moved to another. And here, Jesus is saying that if we would learn how to listen to him, he will lead us into good pastures, not barren pastures. He's like, in other words, if you'll follow me, you're going to eat good. Your experience is going to be good, not bad. You're not going to starve following me. But again, it's incumbent on what? Knowing his voice and following his voice. It's very important. And in verse 10, this is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, but we take it, kind of don't read it in context many times. In verse 10, Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy... My purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. Other translations would say, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says, I've come that you would have real life. Yes. Yeah. Amen. How many of you realize that the life that we live is not the, the actual, the real life? Why? Because this one will end. There is a life that doesn't end, and then we call it eternal life. That's real life. I mean, this is just a, a blip on the radar of eternity. The Bible says that this life is but a vapor. But a vapor. It's quick. I mean, it, it seems like it's slow. But when you... At times, anyways. But when you think about it... I mean, you know, I could ask everybody in this room. Depending... I'll just ask the question. How many of you remember when you were 20? How many of you feel like it was just a couple days ago? My dad would say that. And it's like, man, it was right there. You know, it was just right there. Just, 
He's like, man, I still feel like I can do everything I did, you know, all them years ago. And I, then I realized, like, wait a second, I'm a few years away from 20. <laughs> and my body reminds me that, no, I'm not. You know, but life goes quick. And yet our experience in life, and many times we read this verse and we pull it out, but the context of this verse is what? If you want to experience real life, you're going to have to learn to listen. You're going to have to learn to recognize and hear. It's not just, well, the devil's out to get me, but Jesus is here for me. Jesus says, the way for the devil to not get you is for you to learn to hear my voice. And that way you make sure that, I, that you're led where? Into a good pasture. I, I'm going to take you to a safe place. I'm going to make sure that, that things can't come in. And, you know, even in the terms of a shepherd, one of the things that they had to do was defend from wolves. So they had to keep predators away from the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd and I will protect you. But realize there is a wolf coming to get you. But you're going to have to learn to listen. I mean, what good would it be if there was a wolf out there by a sheep by himself and the shepherd's calling that sheep and he just stays out there? He doesn't come to where protection is. He just stays out there by himself. The wolf's thinking to have attacked. Lunch. And even before the shepherd could get there, the wolf's very likely to have attacked. Even though he was yelling, you know, I mean, we had a dog for years and it drove me crazy. Because he would never come to me when I called him, especially when he got out. Man, I wanted to beat that dog. Like, you know my voice, you stopped and looked at me. It was just like, nope. <laughs> you know, it's like, thanks for letting me know where you're at. <laughs> Going the other way, you know. But how many times, though, do we do that? The Lord will speak. We stop. And we're like, I think that was the Lord. <laughs> and off we go. And then we wonder, God, where are you? Why did you let me get hurt? Why did you let this situation happen? He's like, hey, I tried to call you back. I tried to save you from that. But you stopped and looked at me. And we're like, nah. And just went about doing what you wanted to do. Now, I'm not saying that God will not come and rescue us even in our foolishness. God will. But it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences that come from foolishness either. I mean, unfortunately, I've had the opportunity to experience the wages of my choices at times. And God will still come and rescue me and God will still help me and God still loves me. It has nothing to do with his appeal or his desire or his willingness to help. But choices have consequence. And yet God here says, through Jesus, he says, look, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Make no mistake. But I've come that you would have real life. But you're going to have to learn to recognize and pay attention to my voice. And my voice will lead you. It's going to guide you. It's going to protect you. It's going to provide for you. I mean, I, we have people, multiple people in our church who have this testimony. The Lord told me to go get a new job. They went and got a new job within weeks. Their division was closed. Their job was phased out. Whatever it may have been. Well, what if they wouldn't have listened to the voice of the Lord? They would have got phased out and wouldn't have had a job. And now they would have been under a lot more pressure. Why? Because I ain't got a paycheck. But the Lord spoke ahead. I mean, the Bible says that, that he is what? The God who sees and makes provision even ahead of time. God will protect you even though you don't, can't see something coming. God will make a way for you to, what, move from one pasture to a better pasture. He will. And so, you know, but this is all based on us hearing. Verse 14. 
of this same verse. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I know my sheep and they know me. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know when one's missing. I know when one is out there isolated. But he also says is that we can know him. In verse 15, he says, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So what Jesus is saying is, you can know me just like I knew the Father. No different. You can have that close of communication and fellowship. I mean, Jesus went to the degree to say, I, don't do, I do absolutely nothing unless I've heard or seen of the Father first. So Jesus says, look, I don't, I don't move unless I hear the Father. Well, I ain't quite there yet, but I'd like to get there. I'm striving to get there. I mean, I want to get where, man, it's, the Lord speaks to me and I've got, I'm all ears. You know, but Jesus makes this statement. He says, look, you can know me just as well as I know the Father. Verse 27 of John 10, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. He says, I know them and they will follow me. Verse 28 goes on, he says, and I will give them eternal life. So we, we can understand here, and it's really what he says here in verse 27 that I want you to catch, and we're going to kind of step forward this morning here, is he says, my sheep listen to my voice. Listen, listen. I shared just briefly on this uh, last week, but how many of you realize that hearing and listening are not the same things? I share with you the story, like if I'm watching TV, Dara's talking to me, yeah. you know, she asked me a question, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm listening. She's like, what did I just say? And it's like, oh Jesus. <laughs> I could hear her talking to me, but I wasn't listening. The difference between hearing and paying attention are this, focus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the difference. Because, I mean, you know, especially as a man, we have this superpower, which is we can just, like, zone in. It's like I'm watching the TV, and I hear nothing else. I am deaf to any and everything else. I mean, we just, you know, it's our superpower, man. We have this, you know, Dare's like, can't you hear the baby crying? I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? I'm focused. Why? Because I'm trying to listen. And now here's another point. This ain't even in my notes. It's a freebie. I'll throw it in there. Because I'm listening, other things don't matter. Because I'm trying to focus and I'm trying to make a, a, a point of, of hearing what I'm choosing to hear. Distractions aren't that important to me in that moment. And what happens when we make a priority of, of listening for God's voice, distractions get quiet. Why? Because you're like, I don't, I don't need to get into that drama right now with you because I'm not going to let you steal my peace because I know if you get my peace, you're going to get my ability to hear from the Lord. So because of that, I'm focused. That's going to... Don't come dump on me. Because I'm making a priority of God's voice in my life. Why? Because the priority of His voice is going to determine my experience in this life. I mean... Joshua said it this way, or the Lord said to Joshua, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. God said the choice is yours. See, we many times think that, well, God determines what we experience in life. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Christ, all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. That word means so be it, let it be done. 
So he says to Joshua, which he would still say to us, so in Christ on the cross, everything that God could do for us, he's already done. It's a done deal. But he would say to us, today I'm going to set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I would beg you, I plead with you to choose life. Now this is a crazy thought. But God says, you can choose death and I'll let you. I'll let you choose cursing if you want to. I'm not going to force you to, to, to do anything. I'm begging you. Choose life. Choose blessing. But the choice is yours. Well, that plays out in a lot of different ways in our life. But primarily, how do we know? Because there's lots of times. I mean, you know, the Bible even talks about this. Is that the enemy comes like a sheep or a wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks good. It it looks the part. Surely it's the Lord. I mean, I... Another form, uh, I mentioned this earlier. There's been times where the Lord said, you need to get a new job. I've also had the Lord also do this. You need to stay put. Yeah, but I got this new job, man. It looks great, and it's awesome, man. It, it's, it's more money. It's more vacation. It's all this great stuff. And then that door will close. Or it's not all that it was bargained for. It's not, you know, they promised the moon and gave you crackers. And it's like, wait a second. I thought this was the Lord. And the Lord's like, I tried to tell you to stay put. Just trust me. But again, it's all based on what? Hearing the voice of God. So the word listening means this. Well, I put it this way. It's not really the definition. But I said that truly listening requires that we actually listen. You know, I mean, you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're talking, you're looking at them straight in the face and you're like, But your mind is, you look like you're listening. Sometimes I just want to say something crazy in the pulpit, just something totally off, just to see people go. Or they'll be like, "Mm, amen. mm." I'm like, you ain't listening to anything that I'm saying. And I have done it before just for the fun of it. I'm like, pay attention. Like we've all done it, okay? That's why it's funny, though. So truly listening requires that we actually listen. So the word listen, which in the ancient languages, it would mean this, means to give ear to. To give ear to, our more modern translation would be is to pay attention to a sound. To pay attention to a sound. Uh, another one would be to pay or to hear with thoughtful attention. It's not just hearing it, it's processing it. It's letting it come through my brain. You know that you actually have, like of all the noise that comes through your head, your brain filters out over 80% of it as unessential. Did you realize that? Everything that comes into our ears, everything that we see, our brain processes in just minute seconds and the first questions it asks is is this pertinent or is it not and if it's not your brain shoots it out as unessential now let me just let me give you a natural example that i'll prove this to you you go buy a car like man i ain't seen this car nowhere you go and buy you're gonna start seeing them everywhere 
You're like, dang, I didn't realize so many people had my car. Why? Because your brain has made a shift. This is now useful information. You're invested in this. So now, what you've not seen, you now see everywhere. That's your brain. I mean, the brain is an amazing thing. But yet, so many things, our brain will just... Just shoot right out. Over 80% of information that our, that our eyes and our ears take in is completely eliminated without a single real thought from us. Nothing intentional about it. So to, to listen means to give thoughtful attention. It means to stop and process. I like this one. It says to be alert and to catch an, une- or an expected sound. To be alert and to catch an expected sound. I shared with you last week this, is that you're not going to hear the voice of God if you don't think he's talking to you. Why? You have no expectation, so why are you, you're not even looking for it. If you have an expectation that God is going to speak to you, you're going to pay attention. And then if nothing else, you're going to be like, was that the Lord? I mean, that was a random thought. What is it? Does that line up with scripture? Does it, you know, and there's ways that we can qualify if something's the Lord. We really can Number one, is it for your good? I know, you know, Jeremiah 29, I've shared this last week. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, they're thoughts of good and of peace, not for your harm. They're to give you hope and a future. Okay, well, anything good. And not just everything, because there's lots of things that are good, but they're not God for me. They're not God for you. So you can't just say, well, if it's a good thought, it's the Lord. If it's a bad thought, it's the devil. Well, it's not that simple. I mean, it's just not. And then, and really, I mean, here's where it comes down to. Is it God, is it the devil, or is it me? Because sometimes we blame the devil, and it ain't the devil. It's just us. Or sometimes it's just us, and we want to tag, oh, that's the Lord. Because that's what I really want. Yes, I need to go on vacation for a month. Yes, sir. I'll listen to that. I'll receive that. <laughs> well, that may not be what the Lord's saying. Look, I've done that where I've said something was the Lord and it was just me. I just tagged his stamp of approval on it. Well, he ain't obligated to fulfill that just because I said. If he says it, he's obligated. See, here's the thing. God is not obligated to chase us down and to tell us what we need to know. He's not obligated to that. We are obligated to stop and to hear him. It'd be no different than my dog running off. That joker, I feed him, I take care of him. You need to stop and listen. I'm not obligated to go chase him down so that he can eat his next meal. So God is not obligated to come and chase us down. Now he will at times because he loves us, but he doesn't have to. And let me say this, just because he comes and gets us doesn't mean he'll continue to talk. Right. I mean, if I get sideways with my wife, we can live in the same house, but she ain't talking to me. I'll touch on that in a minute. But. I'm convinced that the most important thing that we as followers of Christ need above all else is to recognize God's voice when he speaks. One thing 
If you're going to say, what's the most important thing for me as a Christian? I just got saved. I don't know anything. The most important thing is for you to learn how to recognize God's voice. It's simple. You're like, well, I don't know how to hear God's voice. First thing you can do is start reading the Word of God. Why? Because you're going to learn how God talks. I mean, I've been to lots of foreign countries. It would help if I knew their languages. I could have communicated a lot better. Well, and it's not that God speaks in funny ways, but it, it will help you recognize his voice. Like, man, that sounds like a scripture. I've thought that before, and then I got on Google and searched it, and sure enough, I'm like, well, it was a scripture. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm convinced that above all else, we've got to learn this. See, worshiping God is very good. We ought to do it. It's what we were created for. But hearing God in worship is better. It's one thing when I lift my voice to him. It's another thing when he begins to talk to me in worship. That's a whole different experience. Like your worship will go to a new level. Like it's like, oh, wow, this is different. There's this connection. Reading scripture is very important. But having God reveal the truth in scripture is even more important. It's one thing to read words on a page. It's another thing when there's revelation and understanding that begins to come from that. Where the Holy Spirit begins to partner with, with us. Praying to God is crucial. I believe it's important. I believe as Christians we ought to pray. Why wouldn't we? But I also believe that hearing God's response makes all the difference. Prayer is not just me throwing up my things to God. Sometimes I need to say, all right, Lord, this is what's going on. Is there anything I need to do? He may say yes. He may give you instructions. He may say, no, I just want you to wait and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to take care of it for you. Like, you know, I'll give you a scriptural example of this. It'd be like if somebody's done you wrong. Somebody's accused you of something that you're innocent of. And everything in us, I don't care your personality type, every person, what, wants to defend themselves. That's wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. You're lying, and yet you can pray and take it to the Lord. He'll say, I'll be your vengeance. I'll prove you out. You don't, you don't have to do anything. I'll prove it out in the end. Well, I mean, that may be the word that you need. Why? Because if you try to go get it right, you're going to make a mess. I'm going to go make a mess. I've tried to fix some stuff before. And I made a big old mess. And then I really had to go, Lord, please help my mess. Will, will you clean up all the destruction that I just did? I should have just kept my mouth shut. And just trusted the Lord to prove it out. I mean, there were things and accusations made of me. 10, 15 years ago, long, long time ago, that I've still never spoke to. But time and the Lord have proved it out. Because people accuse me of doing things that were not right or wrong or however you want to say it. I'm still walking with the Lord. The Lord's still blessing my life. You can't see that in, in, the, in, in my accuser's life. It's quite the opposite. Well, the Bible, and even through prayer, man, it, it made all the difference to hear the Lord say, keep your mouth shut. I don't want to keep my mouth shut. I got something to say. And they need to hear it with volume and attitude and frustration. Like, God, I got a lot to say. You created me to speak, and now's that time, you know. It's just like, mm. No, praying is crucial. Hearing God's response makes all the difference. See, what I believe is that hearing God's voice takes everything to the next level. 
It's one thing to read Scripture. Man, that's good. We need to do that. But hearing God speak about Scripture is another level. Worshiping God, that's good. Hearing God speak in worship takes your worship to another level. Praying, it's good. I believe it produces power. But when God begins to talk to you about your prayer, it goes to another level. To a place that it cannot go without God's voice. That's why it's so crucial. In Isaiah 50, verse uh, 4 and 5, we'll read this out of the Amplified Bible. The second part of verse 4 says, um, That the Lord awakens me morning by morning. I shared this with you last week. He says, He uh, awakens my ear to listen as a disciple, as one who is taught. He said, The Lord has opened my ear, and I have not been rebellious, nor have I turned back. The Lord has opened my ears. You may need to pray that prayer. Say, Lord, you said that you would open my ears to hear your voice. I don't know if I've ever heard your voice. Or if I did, I didn't recognize it. I need you to open my ears. Help me to recognize. Throughout Revelations, in time stuff, what's the thing that we see over and over and over at the beginning of almost every, not every chapter, but especially in the earlier chapters? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Just because you have ears doesn't mean you're listening. You have natural ears, but you also have spiritual ears. You have a way to hear in your spirit, man, as well. And here it says is that God wakes me up morning by morning, and I will listen as one who has been taught. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. He would lead us and guide us. Well, my ears are open. Why? Because I've got a teacher. Psalms 95, verse 7. He says, For he is our God, and he watches over... And we are the people that he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. God's watching over you. Just listen to his voice today. Not tomorrow. Today. Like right now. I said before you, life and death. Today. Listen today. I mean, you you think about even the Lord's prayer. What? What? Give us everything that we need for today. Yes. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries for itself. God, speak to me today. Give me the bread, the word, the life that I need today. Speak to me today. So it matters. So let me give you a couple of hindrances. I'm going to give you four of them this morning. Four hindrances to hearing God speak. Things that can get in the way. Now I'm going to tell you, there's four of them, but they're really in two groups. Because they're similar, but I believe they're also different. They're not exactly the same thing, although just at first glance you may think that. So here's the first one. So one of the first hindrance to hearing from God is unconfessed sin in our life. Like, well, I thought I was forgiven all my sins. Yeah, but when we knowingly walk in sin... And unrepented sin, especially when God highlights it. I need to repent, which means what? I'm going to change my direction. God, not only am I saying I'm sorry, but I'm going to change. Now, here's here's uh, an interesting side of this as well. Because hearing from God is not just vertical. It's not just between me and God. Hearing from God also goes horizontal. And what do I mean by that? I mean my relationships with others can hinder my ability to hear from the Lord. 
In other words, if I've sinned against my wife, now not even in an immoral kind of way, but let's just say that I'm not loving as a husband, if I'm not caring, compassionate, gentle with her, the Bible says I've sinned against her. Why? Because I'm not walking in light of Scripture. That's sin. Now, we may not qualify it as that, and it doesn't mean that I'm physically abusing her. But if I'm just not loving her the way Christ loved the church, then guess what? That will affect my ability to hear from the Lord. You're like, I don't believe that. It's a good thing I got some scripture for that, Donna. It comes out of 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, in the same way, husbands must give honor to your wives. He says, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner. Say that again. She may be weaker Which, in my opinion, depends on what we're talking about. (laughs) So the Bible here says that she was made weaker, which is really in form. Let me say it this way, men. Our our, our ladies are delicate. And we need to treat them as such. They're not your boy. They're not your homie. You know, I had friends growing up, and we'd wrestle, just fight, because we were boys. I mean, that's just what you do, you know. Well, the Bible says I shouldn't be flinging my wife around, wrestling with her. Why? Because I need to treat her as, as what? As a weaker vessel, but she is completely and totally my equal in God's gift of this new life. I don't have to, I'll say it this way, if I love my wife, I don't have to dominate her. If I love her, if I act like Jesus, then... Anyhow, here's the last part of the verse, though. It says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. I'm like, well, God don't care. You know what she did? The Bible here doesn't say anything about the wife's attitude. Men... We are called to lead, not respond. We lead. Why? Because we are what? To be Christ to our wife. We're to love her in spite of. Because Christ did that for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and gave his life for us. Right? And so, that's, so here he says, treat her as you should so that what? Your prayers would not be hindered. Well, prayer is not, a one, is not just one direction. It's we pray, God responds. Well, if, if, if it hinders my prayer going, guess what? It's going to hinder my, God's response coming back to me as well. Now, this isn't just in a husband and wife relationship. I believe that if we've done wrong to anybody, I don't care if they deserved it. I'll give you an example of this. Man, I've got kids. Well, I can either correct, or I'll say it this way. I can correct in love, or I can correct in anger. Correcting in love is proper. Correcting in anger is not. So if for some reason I lose my cool and I correct my kids in anger, I need to apologize. Why? Because I didn't do that lovingly. If, if I respond to somebody, just if I, you know, because I'm stressed out, tired, whatever it may be, if I'm dealing with you and I snap at you for some reason, I owe you an apology. Why? Because if I don't, that will affect my ability to hear from God. 
James chapter 5, verse 16. This is how the message translation. He says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. There is no confession of sin just between me and Jesus. Like, oh, I got that right between me and the Lord. Well, go read some scripture. Go get spiritual back for that. As far as I know, you're not going to find one. Unless you just go find some obscure verse and want to say, hey, you got to cherry pick this one. That's why it's important to be in community. Be part of a family of, of believers. Confess your sins one to another. Doesn't mean you go confess it to everybody. But you do need to get with people that you can trust that will pray for you. It says, and pray for each other. I think, I think this is interesting. Confess your sins one to each other. In other words, it's a two-way street. And pray for each other. So it's, it's a relationship. So that you can live together whole and healed. It says the person or the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. So we want to make sure that relationally we're good with people. If you've offended somebody, go and make it right. You can't just keep them from being offended, but you can at least tell them you're sorry for the offensive thing. The other side of that equation is the Bible says don't be easily offended. So sometimes this is what it would be. Adam, you offended me. I just want to let you know. You said something and that offended me. He may say, I didn't have a clue. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean that. Well, what happens? By me actually going and telling him, it now keeps me from getting offended. And now he knows. Like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I didn't, and, or maybe he's like, well, that's your problem. <laughs> like, I didn't say nothing wrong. Like, but think, though, how many times do we harbor things? Even to our spouse, even to our friends, our family, our, you know, I mean, I've, I've had to tell a boss, hey, don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Like, I work for you, but I can go get another job. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to be abused. Like, I'm not going to let you say anything. Like, hey, I'm still a human being, and, and outside of these four walls, we're equal. Like, you may be in a position of authority, and I respect that authority. I'm not going to disrespect that, but I'm not going to allow somebody to disrespect me either. You know, so there's mutual respect, yes. But at the same time, if I get offended, the Bible says I need to go find and talk to that person. If I get offended, not if I offended somebody. Now, if we find out we've offended somebody, we need to go and try to make it right. Now, we can try, but the only thing we can do is keep our heart right. And so, but those relationships matter. It affects our ability to hear from God. Here's another example, and it's similar, but I, but I want to show you that it's a little bit different. And this is that it's in, uh, another way that could be a hindrance is that when we walk in disobedience... Now, let me give you another word for this. It's a little heavier. Rebellion. See, my dog, when he stopped and looked at me, that was flat out rebellion. Like, he's just like, nope. Well, we live that way sometimes. Let me give you an example. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here to, to, to show this, an account of this. It comes out of 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, one day Samuel, who was the prophet, came to Saul, who was the king of the nation of Israel. It says, um, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to the message from the Lord. Saul, listen. Pay attention. 
says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire uh, Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Obliterate them. Aren't you glad that God doesn't deal with us today like this? In verse 4 it says, So uh, Saul mobilized his army uh, at Telem. And there were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 from Judah. So, hey, he obeys. He says, hey, you go on a march. Y'all are going to obliterate these people. God says, it's time to settle up accounts. Now, I'm not going to read all of this just for the sake of time because of time's sake. But verse 7, it says, So then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, uh, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Then Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the fatted calves, the lambs, and everything. In fact, or it says everything, in fact, that appealed to them. How many times do things appeal to us so we keep them around when the Lord said, get away? It goes on, it says, and they destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. What they deemed to be right, they justified the other part. Even though the instruction from the Lord was to annihilate, like remove from the face of the planet. That was the instruction, but yet they justified in their own mind something different than what God had said. Now this is, you know, I mean, this was verbal. I mean, this wasn't just like, oh, I felt impressed of the Lord in my heart. This was the man of God came and said, this is the word of the Lord. Completely annihilate them. And yet, Saul decides to do something a little different. And so then there's this confrontation between Samuel, the, the prophet, and Saul the king. And he says, what is this that I keep hearing sheep and goats and animals in my ears? Like, Saul, what is this? And Saul's like, oh, well, you know, we obeyed the Lord. Verse 18. It's like, I was obedient. I did what the Lord said. Verse 18, Samuel speaking says, The Lord sent you on a mission and told you to go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they were all dead. That's pretty clear. Verse 19, Why haven't you obeyed the Lord and why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? So disobedience is evil in God's sight. It's not just like, I'm going to give you a pass. Like, God looks at it as evil. It's rebellion. Disobedience is rebellion. I mean, you know, God looks at this way different than we do. Verse 20, Saul responds and says, But I did obey the Lord. I carried out the mission he gave. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everything else. Well, hold on. You said you did what God said. But you brought, he said, everybody, everything. He didn't even take Full responsibility, which is just shows you his lacking in leadership. Yeah. Says, I brought back the king and they destroyed everything else. Then my troops, he's passing the buck, brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord. Oh, we're going to use this to honor the Lord with. No, honoring the Lord would be doing what he said. Yeah. What he said was very clear. Verse 22, Samuel responds and says, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? 
He says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the, uh, the fat of rams. Verse 23. Well, I'll stop there. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep going. Verse 23. <laughs> says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. That's some heavy verbiage right there. Like God is not pleased. Verse 20, the second part of verse 23 says, So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. Now I just want to point this out. Samuel did not say, Saul, God has written you off. But what he did say is, you've lost your position. Your choice is now going to cost you what God intended for a blessing. But the problem was is that Saul lived in compromise. He didn't do what the Lord had told him. And so rebellion, disobedience, not doing those things that the Lord speaks to us, it's going to cost you hearing from the Lord. Any time that I get to a place where I have lost the ability to clearly or on a regular basis hear the voice of the Lord, I always think, what's the last thing I didn't do? Is there anything that I've left undone that the Lord spoke to me? Maybe it was call this person and, and, and restore this relationship. Get, get it right. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. God's like, that's fine. I'll wait. Until your relationship's right with them, it won't be right with me. Until you repent of these, these things that I've shown you in your own heart, your own life. And I say, get rid of this. Until you deal with it, I'm not going to talk to you. So that's the first two. They're, they're similar. Here's the second two. The first one is this, is worry and anxiety. Yep. Worry and anxiety. You know when we worry, what we tell God is that we don't believe you. Amen. We're not trusting you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ. Here's one of the things that I have learned just by living. It's hard to hear in chaos. When there's a lot of noise, I mean, I remember growing up, my dad would, you know, Somebody be on call or whatever, he'd be on the phone. He'd be, y'all be quiet, I can't even hear myself think. Anybody else ever said that? I can't even hear myself think. It's too loud in here. What happens when we choose to not worry and to be anxious is that we give place, and especially as we do what it says here, it says don't worry but pray. So if you worry, pray, put it at the, cast all of your cares on him. Why? Because he affectionately cares for us. But peace sets the stage of our heart to hear the voice of God. Why? Because calm comes. It's a lot easier to hear when it's quiet. It's amazing to me. In the busyness of life, man, you can't hear anything. But for those of you who are hunters, you can go sit out in the woods and you can hear a twig snap from a distance. You're like... Is that a deer? Why? Because there's not all the noise. Well, sometimes it's really loud in here. David dealt with this. He told his soul, he said, quiet down. Calm down. Why? Because he needed to hear from the Lord. You can't hear in chaos. Here's the fourth one. Fourth hindrance. Now, there's more than this, but these are some big ones that I believe that we all deal with. 
And this one here ties in with the, the one before it, but in a different manner, if you want to say it that way. But the next one is just through busyness and distraction. Yeah. We just don't pay attention. We're not giving God place to hear from Him. Throughout the Psalms, we see this word that says Selah. It's over and over and over throughout the Psalms. It means to stop and consider. Take a break here for a moment. In 1 Kings 19, there's an account. We won't look at it. Uh, but Elijah, the prophet, was waiting to hear from God. And he, he was really running for his life. If you want to get technical about what was going on. He's hiding out in a cave. and So all these things happen. You know, There's like tornadoes and earthquakes and all this stuff going on. And then it says, and God spoke in a still, small voice. It says, oh, he wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the rain. He wasn't in the storm. He wasn't in all these things. But he spoke with a still, small voice. Like, why does, why does God speak quietly? Like, why doesn't God just get loud with us? It's about proximity. If I'm close to you, I don't have to talk loud. And as a matter of fact, if I'm right by your ear, I can whisper and you can hear it. I don't have to be loud. So God speaks quietly. Why? Because he wants us close. He wants to be close to us. He doesn't have to get loud. So... If I want to hear from God, i got to get close to Him. The Bible says if I'll draw near to God, He will what? Draw near to me. If I'll lean in, He'll lean in. And, and so, you know, in my, in my truck, I have this thing. It's called an FM transmitter. Now, I realize most of you probably don't have any idea what that is. But what it does is it allows me to wirelessly connect my phone to my stereo. Life in my truck. I hate wires. I just... If I could have a wireless life, I would have a wireless life, but haywires. But what it does, it allows me to play music or podcast or whatever it may be from my phone wirelessly. And it syncs to my truck and it uses the radio, a frequency. I can set the frequency on it. Well, when I'm in town, and it works great, praise the Lord. But... When I'm in town, I don't have to change the frequency because we don't. I've, I've found a frequency that nobody else has around here. But when I leave town and I start traveling other places, what happens is that as I'm driving down the interstate, I'll get somewhere where that you know, like I'll just tell you, the frequency I use is 107.3. I, it's, it just works. I didn't no reason behind it, but there's no interference. But as I drive into other areas and there's a different radio station that may be 107.1. 107.3, 107.5, it will start to create some static. In other words, what's happening is there's competition between two signals. So they're fighting for space in my truck, in my radio, what I hear. And I, and I hear this battle because it starts going, starts crackling and popping and making noise. And then you hear two things coming in at the same time. And I'm like, oh my God, like I've got to change the frequency. Like this is driving me crazy because I'll hear some music while I'm trying to listen to somebody talk. And I'm like, this is. I can't take it. It's driving me and I'll reach down there. It's got a little knob and I'll turn the frequency on it. And I'll change the frequency on my radio to go find one that's clear. Sometimes that's what we need to do. Our mind gets cluttered. And because there's so much coming in, there's interference happening. We've got to clear the air. And just like I do in my truck and I turn that little knob to a different station, sometimes we have to get quiet. I don't do this that often. But every now and then, I just get away from everything. I don't take my phone. I just, I just 
go out by myself somewhere. Why? Because it's in that quietness. Man, God's voice gets real clear. He's talking the same way he always has. It's just my ability to listen has changed. I've decluttered my brain, my thoughts. And I'm just listening for the voice of God. And just as he'll do that for me, he'll do it for you. So this morning, I want to wrap up a little bit different than we normally do. But I want to give us just a moment here. Just a couple moments. Adam's going to play. We're not going to sing for a minute. He'll lead us in worship here in a moment. But I want you just to take a moment. Close your eyes. Forget about what's around you. I just want you to get quiet. Just listen for the voice of the Lord. Because the Bible says, He being a good shepherd will speak. And as his sheep, we will know his voice. Some of you may have never heard the voice of God. But he wants to talk to you. And he will. And so, I'm going to give you one instruction. This is, I want you to pray this. You don't have to pray it with me, but you can pray it just to yourself. Or I want you to invite the Lord to speak to you. And this is how you do it. Say, Lord, I ask you to speak to me. Is there anything in my life that you need to talk to me about? And I believe as, as we worship here in a minute, but even as in this moment as we're quiet before the Lord, I believe the Lord will start just stirring things in your heart. It may be a thought. It may be an impression. It's not going to be audible to your ears necessarily. It could be, but I doubt that doesn't really happen very often. But, um, but it'll more just be something in your heart. So let's just give a moment for that. Just invite the Lord to speak to you right now.